Yes, I'm here. I uh, Even I got a little bit paranoid that maybe I won't be here. But um, <clears throat> after last week, or two weeks ago, one can never know. So we are here together to discuss uh, the um, next week and what is uh, expected of us or what is happening up there, uh, how it relates to the down here. And the interesting thing that's happening definitely this week is that we are moving uh, to the year of the dragon. So we are going to be dragoning out uh, from February 10, 9, 10, depends where you are in the world. We're going to check it out in a second. But I think that that's the biggest thing. Also, we're heading towards an interesting period. Um, we have Chiron and the North Node coming together. The real North Node is coming in February 19. The mean North Node, I won't get too much into it, is in March 7. But it is interesting to look at February 19 because while we have the North Node touching Chiron, we, which happens about every 19 years or so, más o menos, a little bit more. Um, it is also happening when Mars and Venus are coming together, which is, again, really interesting. Uh, we always like when Mars and Venus come together. And when they are uniting, it is always good for love, uh, good for um, relationships, good for even balancing your masculine and feminine energy, action and reaction. So passion and the connection to your 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 attraction. I mean, it's it's not always working together. So Venus and Mars coming together in Aquarius is definitely going to be pretty uh, interesting for us. That's going to again happen more in February 19. So we'll talk about it more next week. But this week definitely is very dramatic because we are going to have the year of the dragon. The year of the dragon, of course, happens every 12 years. So you can go back. 2012, 2000, 1988, 1976, you know, 1964. It's every 12 years. The 1964 is super important because that's the last time we had the dragon in the wood. Because this year we're going to have the wooden dragon. It's a dragon made of wood. I guess it's more a dragon that kind of flies through the wood. And because woods can be very combustible and it is a fire dragon, you know, it's kind of an interesting combination. Especially because, as you know... From July of last year until January 2023, we have the North Node in Western astrology in Aries, which is a fire sign. So definitely things are ignitable. So let's look, first of all, what's happening today, February 4th, is it? Yes, February 4th, it's a Sunday. The moon is in Sagittarius, the sun is in Aquarius, and... What we're having is, as you can see, Pluto is still hanging out there in zero degrees Pluto, which are at zero degrees Aquarius, which we talked about that whenever you have a zero degree of any sign, it's the pure essence of it. And it's interesting because tomorrow, day after, we're going to have Mercury moving into Aquarius and he's going to step over Pluto. It's kind of like pick up something from Pluto and move on. Because that's how I like to look at the um, planets. Uh, you know, especially a, pl a planet like Mercury, who never goes too far away from the sun, right? He's, he's the closest planet that we have to the sun. Even in Hebrew, it's called Chama. Chama basically means the, the light or the, the, the sun. So it's the planet of the sun, you can call it. So he's always very close to the sun to listen to the messages of the sun. In your chart, he's never going to be too far. Usually he's in the same sign or not too far from your uh, sign. You know, one sign before, one sign after. But he always sticks to the message. 
And what he's going to do, he's going to move over Pluto in the next few days, deliver the message, hear what Pluto has to say. And Pluto usually has to say, I'm not saying nasty things, but sometimes stingy things. And sometimes it can be a little bit intense because Pluto is all about death and resurrection, transformation, intimacy, sexuality, magic, the occult. Mercury is, of course, Hermes, the hermetic studies. So maybe Mercury is bringing some magic to the table. And then he's going to move into... Um, into closer to the sun as the day progress. So it's as if Mercury is delivering a message from Pluto to the sun, from the underworld to Olympus, from Hades to Apollo. You know, so there is going to be some transition happening there in the next few days. So it's going to be definitely interesting to see what kind of message Mercury wants to deliver. But let's look at tomorrow because uh, tomorrow is when the day for a lot of people, the week actually really begins. Tomorrow is the Monday and the moon is going to be in Sagittarius. It's actually a pretty good time for anything that has to do with studying, learning, publishing, mass media, mass communication. It is a good time to tell your truth, to confess uh, anything that has to do with wisdom. You might find yourself way wiser than normal. But the biggest thing that's happening on Monday, as you can see on the chart, Mercury zero degrees Aquarius and he loves to be in Aquarius. Mercury has little wings and he flies. So, of course, he loves to be in the cloud city of Aquarius and he has much better capacity to deliver messages, to move things faster when he is in Aquarius. The only thing is he has to make a stop in the underworld, which is reversed because now Pluto, the lord of the underworld, is actually in Aquarius, which is in disguise. But anyway, you see right on the chart, Mercury and Pluto, one on top of each other, happening tomorrow. So not only we have Mercury for the next three weeks, gracing Aquarius, which is the sign that he loves to be in. He can flap his wings really easily and he can deliver messages, especially through innovation, technology, e-commerce, anything to do with businesses, negotiation, especially if you have businesses or connection with friends or with companies or organizations or corporations, that could work also extremely well for you. And remember, Mercury is picking up some messages tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, and delivering it uh, to the sun in the next, um, let's say, a week and a half, two weeks. So really pay attention because tomorrow and Tuesday, there are messages being downloaded. Pluto is power. It's connecting to other people's money, other people's talents, healing, transformation. So you might get some very important information about your health or about uh, something you've been invested in because Pluto is a lot of time investment. Pluto is riches, so you might get even a good understanding of what is your riches, what is your resources or recourses, what can you bring to the table in a sense. And also, it is an insight into other people's money and other people's talents, including investments, uh, because you might be actually able to put together people's people's talents, people's abilities into something bigger, into something that's more profound. And again, we have a move towards Aquarius. We were trapped a little bit in Capricorn, even though the sun was in Aquarius and Pluto did move from Capricorn to Aquarius, but it was kind of moving very, very slow. Now that Mercury is moving into Aquarius and Mars is going to very soon move into Aquarius, and of course, Venus is going to join Aquarius kind of in, a, let's say, two weeks or so. There's going to be a lot of emphasis in the sign of Aquarius, which is always a good thing as we are approaching the age of Aquarius. So... Mercury, tomorrow, the biggest thing, picking up, a less, picking up a message. That's extremely important. And you can see that conjunction between the North Node and Chiron starting to close because Q 
Kiron is going direct, North Node is going backward. They're in into a, a, a grabbing of each other in about, like I said, two weeks. It's in February 19. And what this is all about, we'll talk about later. But the idea is that certain kind of wounds are coming up that you have the ability to reprogram, to rechange. Because the North Node, unlike the South Node, South Node is dealing with stuff you've done in the past and, and you shouldn't. And now you're dealing with the ramification or what you owe for it. But North Node is the ability to program uh, karma or use good things you've done in this life in order to offset some negativity and even open new paths, learn new things. So the North Node moving on top of Kiron gives you the ability to learn things about your past traumas in order to overcome that. And that's going to be pretty interesting in peaking in February 19, again, lasting until Feb until March 7 or so, that's going to be the, the brackets of the time that there is so much transition and change happening at that time. But again, Mercury is in Aquarius on Monday, on top of Pluto, great energy to push forward and to move things around. Now, we also have a, a nice connection between Venus and the Black Moon. It's been going on for a while. Venus is sending great energy to uh, to Uranus. That's actually going to get better and better this week. And Venus sending beautiful energy to Uranus is encounter with interesting, strange, funny, sometimes flaky, but highly intelligent people. And anything to do with technology, innovation, scientific uh, discoveries. Again, remember we talked about how uh, Uranus was a little bit trapped for a while and now is being released. So we're going to have in the next four months a lot of discoveries of new things. It's also a great time to make new connection, new friendship. I mean, look at the chart. Everything is clean from any kind of uh, retrograde. So there is no retrogrades now, what we said, until April 1st. And this is a great time to move things forward, to push things, to um, initiate things, to really give your New Year resolution a big boost, especially as we approach the new moon in Aquarius, which is February 9 and 10. So Monday, again, Mercury touching Pluto, giving you a certain kind of profound message to deliver to the sun and your Venus and Uranus connecting in such a good way, very practical, very pragmatic. And even the black moon doesn't have too much nasty things to say about this union. The other thing is Saturn and Jupiter. They're creating a sextile. It's always good when Saturn and Jupiter are coming together. That's going to be even stronger Monday, Tuesday. And Monday and Tuesday, the sextile is like a little window, open closing. As you can sneak inside, you're putting together focus and discipline and planning and strategy with Jupiter, which is expansion, opportunities, doors opening. Again, very good for traveling. It's very good also with everything. It has to do with art, design, colors, imagination. These things are just opening up very, very strongly. And the sun is coming closer and closer to creating a beautiful trine with the south node. That's going to happen more Tuesday, Wednesday, and a sextile to the north node. All of these things are great uh, for this week. If we look at uh, Tuesday, February 6, Mercury is uh, not abandoning, but leaving Pluto, heading towards the sun to deliver the message. And Mercury in Aquarius, like we said, the next three weeks... Communication is going to flow much easier. Everything is going to be much better in that sense. And also on Tuesday, the moon is going to be moving into Capricorn and maybe grounding some of those messages or making it more pragmatic, more practical. Now, the moon in Capricorn is never easy. 
Moon in Capricorn is in exile. So she's usually causing issues with traumas from family. I noticed that ancestral karma once a month for two and a half days when Moon in Capricorn is much more evidence. Either it's from your genetics or your epigenetics or from tags somewhere in your DNA. That's a time where we're dealing sometimes with a down energy. So when the moon is in Capricorn, there's a feeling of a little bit of a down. We would say Tuesday, Wednesday, a little bit leaking into Thursday when the energy is a little bit off. Uh, again, Mars is getting closer and closer for a, a beautiful, oh, actually Mars passed it, but yeah, Venus is trying to catch up with Uranus. I think it's going to happen more towards the end of the week when that peak is coming, Venus and trine uh, Uranus. But that's again, very, very positive because it's a very practical way of working with technology, art, design, relationship, partnerships, and even some friendships that can develop into something more important, whether it's business partnership or partnerships uh, in love. If we look at um, Wednesday, February 7, the moon is actually in Capricorn, but she's giving a little kiss uh, to Venus. And Venus and Uranus are really closing that trine. So Wednesday, even though the moon is in Capricorn, she's sending a beautiful energy to the black moon, which is always nice because the black moon is feeling a little caress of love or a little embrace also from Venus. So there is some kind of solidarity among women happening around that time. So you might find a woman friend or women can gather together. So Wednesday, for example, is a great day uh, to do something together uh, with women. And also... We're going to have uh, the moon being on top of Venus. And also in Thursday, the moon is going to move on top of Mars. Again, the moon, like Mercury, because she travels so fast, she delivers messages. See, she's bringing forward messages. So she's going to be talking to uh, Venus on Wednesday. And that's more about love, relationship, partnership, money, finance, art, design, justice, law, something going on there. Then a day after, two days after, she's going to deliver it to Mars action. So what you're going to have is Wednesday, Thursday, some information is passing or even some feeling or even some uh, connection to an artistic expression. But then on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, you might put it into action, especially because Mars loves being in Capricorn and he's still getting some good vibe from Uranus. And again, Moon, Venus and Uranus are closing that beautiful trine. It's a very, very positive thing. So that's going to be great. And Minerva moved from Scorpio, where she was for a long, long time, and to Sagittarius, where she's going to be also for quite a while. I mean, the goddess of wisdom in the sign of wisdom can never be bad. So you're going to feel like you're much wiser and you feel that things are actually much more aligned with information or with knowledge or with truth. I think the truth is going to come out. There's going to be some interesting thing in the next month and a half coming about truth, uh, about your ability to deliver the truth and also recognize uh, the truth. If we look on February 8, which is a Thursday, the moon is about to move into Aquarius. And on February 8, uh, which is the day of Jupiter, we have that perfect trine between Uranus and Venus, 19 degrees um, Taurus. Great, great. It's really good, especially if you deal with anything to do with money, maybe even a, a cryptocurrencies or, or e-commerce or technology, again, which can be more artistic. That could work really well. And the moon delivering the message to Mars on Thursday, and she's about to deliver another message to Pluto and 
and Mercury, that's going to happen more on the new moon. And the new moon is going to be very intense because the moon to get to the sun and become a new moon, she needs to pass over Pluto, over Mercury, and then get to the sun. So this new moon in Tor in uh, Aquarius is going to be loaded with intensity, passion, intimacy, which is, again, a good time for you to reboot your, um, your new year resolution going to be delivering messages to Mercury. So right on Thursday, Friday, we have that transition of the moon from Capricorn into Aquarius. And again, that's a really powerful, positive thing. If we look at uh, February 9, which is a Friday, the moon is already touching the sun. Uh, she passed over Mercury. The moon is between Mercury and the sun. So there's a lot of uh, negotiation between communication, networking, writing, and self-expression. And because we're going to have a beautiful trine between the South Node, Vesta, and the Moon in the Sun, it does talk about something from tradition is being updated, is being upgraded. It's brought much more into the open. It's a great time to spend with people. So Friday, February 9, again, very, very good for for anything to do with communities, people, nonprofit, philanthropic work, volunteering, charity, spending time with friends or with digital friends, because we talked about it, Uranus is, hey, Aquarius is also the sign of uh, technology, or if you meet some alien or two or beings from past, uh, from different dimension, that's also not too bad. But that connection, again, to past lifetime is very, very strong. It's almost like a kite that is focused on the North Node and Chiron. So there's definitely going to be a lot of um, very strong potential for healing uh, at that time. So if you're thinking about a day for healing, Friday is definitely a great, great day for that. But the actual new moon that we are looking for the beginning of the year of the dragon is somewhere between February 9 and 10. Depends where you are in the world. And it's going to be, we'll talk about the Sabian symbol when we look at the chart of the beginning of the Chinese New Year. And we have on that day, on that new moon, 40% of the chart is in Aquarius. So quite a lot of activity in Aquarius. Uh, we have Mars getting closer and closer. He's going to do it next week, moving into Aquarius and adding more Aquarius vibe for like um, almost two months. And like I said, Venus later on is going to... Uh, push it forward. So again, communities, people, groups, organization coming together, really good energy. Uh, I'm not saying this week is, is not, you're going to have challenges. Of course, you're going to have some challenges, but relative to other weeks, we have some flow uh, going on. There's not that many opposition. There's not that much resistance, let's say. So it's more about, let's say, free will. At least we're given some hope for free will. Sunday, the energy changes dramatically because we're moving into a Pisces mode, Saturn in Pisces, Moon in Pisces, Neptune, of course, is still in Pisces, still, still so 2012, he kind of fell asleep in Pisces, and next year, he's going to wake up in Aries, yeah, it's going to be moving from nice, calm Caribbean uh, uh, beaches into a jacuzzi when it moves into Aries, and you can see that we still have that conjunction between Chiron and the North Node getting tighter and tighter. Again, karma is falling, but it's not necessarily a bad karma. It actually shows good flow of karma uh, coming to us in that sense. So that's also going to be, we'll talk about it next week. The moon on top of Saturn is not always easy. So Sunday, just take it a little bit more slow. Um, it's good for imagination, for dreams, for anything that has to do with dance, movement, meditation. But Try to be a little bit more mellow. There's some immune system issues. There could be some sickness. So just pay attention if you can.
Let's look now at uh, what we are expecting this week, which is entrance of the year of the dragon. So if we look at what we have on this, let me see. Yeah, so we have, this is the chart for the new moon in 20 degrees Aquarius, which I put for Beijing. It's 6.59 in Beijing uh, on February 10 because it's the Chinese New Year. So I thought it would be appropriate if we actually put it towards Beijing when they will actually have the precise new moon. And funny enough, I guess it's not funny, it's actually tragic. The Sabian symbol for that degree of Aquarius is a woman disappointed and disillusioned. I mean... I don't know what to say about that. That's not maybe the best thing I was expected from the you know Chinese New Year, the whole year, the woman being disappointed and disillusioned. You know, I think that when you talk about a year and you talk about a woman, it's not necessarily your mother or your wife or your, your daughter or whatever. I think it's more the feminine energy this year is disappointed, maybe because it's the wood dragon, which is a very young, meaning masculine dragon. I don't know. Um, I hope she's not disappointed because we make terrible choices this year. Remember, we talked about how Pluto is in Aquarius for the first time in 250 years. Last time it happened when the Democratic, uh, you can say, vibes were very, very strong. The, the, the French Revolution, the signature of uh, signing the, the Constitution in the United States. And this year, 4.2 billion people out of the 8.1 are going to election, are going to the polls, are voting. Maybe she's terribly disappointed about the choices that some people are making or all people are making. But anyway, if you put February 10, it was it's a Saturday. Aquarius is ruled by Saturn. It's a Saturday. Uh, we see that it's a triple Aquarius. This year is a triple Aquarius, which is kind of interesting. We have Aquarius rising, Venus in Aquarius, Pluto in Aquarius, Mercury in Aquarius, Sun in Aquarius. A lot of energies in the house of past lifetime, karma, hospitals, jails, asylums. We have Venus there, Mars there, Pluto there, Mercury there. Yeah, so a lot of dealing with past lifetimes. And also we have some new beginning because we have the Sun and the Moon and Neptune and Saturn in the first house, which is the house of self-expression, new identity. We have, if we look at the chart of the dragon, a pretty good energy for business for some reason, Jupiter or communication. There are some um, good vibes with making money in a new way because of the North Node being in the house of money and talents. And there is definitely a lot of mystical connection because Neptune and, and Minerva are trining and Neptune in the first house, Pisces intercepted. It always talks about some connection to intuition, mysticism. But it is a very scientific year for some reason. And it is seeming like a year full of revolution because, I mean, the Chinese New Year starting right when we are in the middle of Aquarius, deep inside the Aquarius rising and having uh, maybe that Pisces and intercepted is some of that disillusionment. But anyway, triple Aquarius with 40% of the chart in Aquarius, it's definitely a lot of revolution. A lot of unexpected things uh, will be happening. Even though Uranus, which is the ruler of uh, Aquarius, is getting good energy, of course, from Venus because we talked about it, but it's a little bit past, so it doesn't really count. It's getting a square from the sun and the moon which means the people are angry and the, and the leaders are angry. So there's some discord there between leaders and followers, between 
let's say, politician and the people, you know. So there's definitely a year of revolution and transition. Now, if we look at what this represents, we're talking about the year of the wood dragon. And we're talking about February 10 this year until January 28 of 2025. And basically, dragons are, of course, mythical creatures like the phoenix. And it's something that crosses cultures. So it's really interesting that many different cultures, all the way from the West to the East, have some memories of dragons. Maybe because dragons can fly, some of them can fly, and they're kind of reptilian and kind of huge. Maybe it's a genetic memory we have from the little mammals that lived during the time of the dinosaurs. Maybe maybe there is something different. Maybe there was some kind of um, entity or, 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 or mythical energy that when you can open your eyes strong enough, and especially in the past when we're not influenced by so many digital um, uh, you know, gadgets, maybe we could perceive them more or be connected to them much more. But dragons definitely are the connection between the above and the below. The birds, which are feathered, and uh, the serpents that have scales. So it's kind of um, like a Quetzalcoatl in, in Mexico. It's like some kind of connection between the above and below. Uh, the, the idea in the Yggdrasil, the tree of life in the Norse tradition of the snake that represents the roots and the eagle that perches in the branches in the top of the tree of life. Maybe that's some kind of a creature that puts the above and the below together. And dragon is maybe a memory that, like I said, buried in our DNA. But in Japan and China, dragons are actually auspicious symbols. They connect to power, to wisdom, to fortune. And that's, funny enough, believed uh, to be in control of climate, which is something we definitely do need uh, right now, some help in controlling the climate, you know. But in European uh, tradition... The dragon is kind of dual, like a lot of things in, in our Western tradition. It's kind of locked between the, 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 the left and the right brain, the, the zero and the one, that binary energy, because they can be very benevolent or malicious. Uh, they can be depicted as fire-spewing um, uh, creatures that are adversaries, that guard the gold, that are greedy, that are um, not allowing the princess to leave the tower. Or they can be something that the hero unites with in order to conquer some fear. You know, But in many stories, it is talking about conquest of fears or insecurities and challenges, as well as they can become wise mentors. So maybe it's kind of a free will situation but i always say about the year of the in the chinese tradition is that they're not allowed to believe in a lot but they're not having i mean they're not being discouraged from talking about their 12 animals so it means that more than 1.5 billion people are putting it out there in the collective unconsciousness dragons wood dragons dragons made of wood dragons flying in the wood and that because they're supposed to be auspicious and helpful in the eastern tradition I'm sure that that could help navigate the year a little bit better. I'm kind of hopeful. Uh, dragons, um, yeah, that's what we talked about. The origin, you know, there's a lot of um, a, a lot of insight into where they come from. We talked about the Aztecs that might have had something to do with uh, Quetzalcoatl, with the, pl the plumbed, plumbed, plumed uh, serpent. In the classic dragon story, it's Saint George. That is actually the patron of uh, patron saint of England. It's about uh, rescuing the princess again. The princess in the tower. The tower is a very phallic symbol, so we can't really tell. And George, the word George actually comes from the farmer, so it could be even something to do with the past of that. But again, it's very much connected, especially in Western Europe, 
with overcoming uh, fears or some kind of challenge. So again, maybe this year we are supposed collectively to overcome some element of fear. But traditionally, it talks about uh, what dragon or people born in the year of the dragon. And of course, if you're born now, I mean, if you're born now, you're not listening to this, but maybe you have a baby in you trying to be born in the year of the dragon. Uh, so that's, again, what they're going to be like. You can go back to, again, all the years that it was, 2012, 2000, 88, 76, and so forth. So dragons in general represent curiosity, a little bit more competitive energy because it's, it's a fire sign kind of zeal, adventurous, uh, willing to take risks, to jump into the unknown. Again, it's not always the easiest. And these are very diff, diff, similar characteristics to what the North Node in Aries represents. So in that sense, it's very compatible. They actually make sense why it's happening at the same time. Individuals tend to be to overvalue their own abilities and underestimate other people's abilities, which is not really good, especially when talking about politicians and war situation, because the world is so the world is so uh, easy can um, tilt over. So there is a little bit of pride and arrogance and excessiveness and hasty decision, overconfidence, uh, rough speculation. And again, we have to be very, very careful when we're talking about the eclipses, which is March 24, April 8, uh, September 17, October 2nd, because that's when the eclipses, our dragons are pushing much more the other dragon into action. And also, Mar uh, December 6, all the way up until the end of the year of the dragon, we're going to have Mars retrograde. So the next Chinese New Year and the next uh, Western New Year, I mean, calendar New Year, are going to start with Mars retrograde. We talked about it. So that's kind of uh, intense. And historically speaking, there was a lot of conflicts that erupted between the Greek and Turks over Cyprus. And Nelson Mandela delivered his iconic I am prepared to die speech. Uh, there was a lot of protest from students about Vietnam War. It escalated. But also there were really good Things like the Beatles, Bob Dylan, the Moog synthesizer came out. Um, there was um, a, a lot of uh, uh, things that had to do also with trying to overcome conflict. But there is a lot of conflict also. And for rocks, if anybody's interested, Malachi, Jade, and also Citrine could work this year. Um, my suggestion, I wrote it in the book, to plant a lot of blood oranges because the North Node is in Aries, to eat a lot of oranges and also connect to or the color orange because that's the color of the year, kind of crushed uh, apricot, and also because Jupiter is in Gemini. And because it is a wood dragon, we should add more trees uh, as much as you can, you know, get some trees going. Now, I wanted to talk to you about an interesting experiment that I was reading in a book that I really recommend for people. And I'm sure a lot of you did already read it. Uh, the Genie the genie in Your Genes, I think it's called. Yeah. And it is a really, really good book. It's a classic. And the reason why I read it is because I've done something really interesting this uh, this last weekend. Weekend? No, yesterday. Yeah, it is a weekend. On Saturday, we here in Sofia, we had a huge class that combined a family constellation, which I've been reading a lot and diving into quite a lot now recently, and astrology, how to put those two things together, family constellation, the word constellation, positioning of people representing uh, people in your family usually or people that you have some conflict with. And what we did is we aligned it also with positioning instead of the mother and father, representing your sun and your moon from your chart and Mars and Venus in your chart. So I am now exploring uh, because of, of this, the, the, the workshop really went amazing and 
I'm uh, really thankful for Elitsa. If you know her from the Art Institute here in Bulgaria, she's an amazing therapist, amazing uh, leader of uh, workshops. I found out that before, but I really experienced it this time. And we really had this amazing group also uh, be part of it because without the group, it wouldn't have worked. And it was really interesting to see how people can embody for other people their Mars, their Venus. And I started thinking about going that direction a little bit more of uh, something I would call, once I get it all done, uh, embodiment or, or astrology, embodying astrology or emoting astrology. Just the ability to take your chart and make it real in front of you and having people channel your planets and seeing how they are positioned in front of you. So we're really starting to develop that. I'm sure I'm going to do some retreats and workshop with that. And of course, you guys are going to be the guinea pigs. And anyway, while I was reading this book, I was thinking about something. You know how we have in quantum, um, uh, you can call it philosophy or quantum physics. We have the idea of superposition of particles. Uh, they can be in both states until they collapse by a person observing or consciousness observing it. Now there is some theories and some sus suspicion or some... Uh, uh, people who think, well, maybe it's actually collapsing and that would create consciousness. But that's again talking about the chicken and the egg. And it's kind of interesting because this, this experiment does have to do with chicks. So anyway, what um, René Peoch, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's from 1986, this experiment. So it's, it's an old one. And it is uh, the last time that, no, two times ago when the North Node was in Aries. So it's kind of interesting that now the North Node is in Aries again. Um, too late, two, two cycles later, and we're talking about it right here, or I got connected to it, maybe because my North Node is in Aries, and 86, I think, is when I came out of um, uh, school. I graduated school. But anyway, he did something really interesting to prove the power of non-locality, the power of the mind. And he did something really interesting. Basically, what he did, he created, some of you can see it, a little robot, uh, that has a pencil under it and it had many random uh, programming to it so it basically constantly changed itself it constantly moved direction randomly and he tested it and he basically asked this robot to move around in over a piece of paper and he could trace because the pen was under the uh, the robot where he was going and it was really random so he tested it it really worked random then what he did he taught little chicks to be attached to this robot. Because as you know, uh, when chicks or any kind of birds, ducks as well, you know, geese, when they are hatching, the first thing that moves around them, they get attached to them because they think that's mama. And usually, statistically speaking, it is mama. But in this case, it wasn't mama, it was a robot that uh, was attached to them. So what he did after they got attached to him is he placed them in a little cage uh, with a window next to that robot that is on the table moving around randomly. And what he noticed, because they had an attachment to the robot and they really yearned for it, is that the robot started moving more and more closer to it, which is kind of weird because robots are not supposed to have any consciousness. Chicks are not supposed to be psychically able to move around robots. And yet it happened again and again and again. And this is, um, where is it? Yeah, for some of you guys that can see on the um, Zoom and for you guys who are watching and are listening in, in, in Instagram, you just have to believe me, where in the regular experiment, the chart is basically the robot is moving all around 
And in the second one, you see that most of the movement is directed towards the side where the cage is, where the chicks welcome, asking for the robot in chickness or chickism or whatever you call that to come closer and closer. That was 1986 to 1988 that he did these experiments. It's really interesting because the idea is that there is randomness, but then when there is a, like a chick even observing that, it collapses into a new reality. And I was thinking that in many ways, that also could be part of what's going on with astrology or with a creative visualization. When you are focusing yourself very strongly to a specific future or a specific thing that you want, then it can collapse. That possibility or that wave of probability could collapse into a reality that has to do with what you are expecting or what you want. Maybe that's the way that we were told for many, many years about the power of the mind, the visualization, creative visualization, prayer, all of those things could be explained by this uh, idea. But I just thought it was mind-blowing in a sense. And maybe that also is how astrology works. There is this superpositioning of many possibilities. And then when you are looking into the future in a specific way, it collapses into that reality and it becomes uh, what is. So I just thought it would be interesting for you uh, to share it with you guys and to maybe provoke some thoughts about it. So I am on uh, my way back to LA. I mean, today is uh, Sunday and Monday I'm supposed to fly to LA, but of course there is an atmospheric river, which I mentioned in my book a few times that when Saturn is in Pisces, we're going to be connected and familiar with atmospheric rivers. You know, before my 2023 book or when my 2023 book came out, people asked me, what, what are you talking about? Now, nobody's asking me, at least not in California. Everybody knows what atmospheric rivers are. They're basically a river that comes from the atmosphere and land on us. So I hope my um, um, superposition will collapse on me landing nicely in Los Angeles tomorrow. Some of you guys are going to join us in the tarot card <coughs> class that we're starting, I think, on Wednesday. You can go again on my Instagram. It's on my bio. And if you are uh, listening to it, you're going to get the recording anyway. Uh, I'll have that link for there. And I really hope to see you. For you guys who are in LA, we're also going to do um, a special class for Valentine's Day. So if you are, you can definitely join us there. It's not going to be a webinar, unfortunately. But it will be um, in person. So again, thanks a lot for all of you. Sorry about uh, two weeks ago when I messed up completely the uh, time. Uh, today, I almost did it again. And thank God my friend, my organizer here of my, uh, my uh, um, workshops and my publisher uh, told me, but you have your class today. I said, what class? You have your class that you always do. So we can't do dinner at eight. We have to do it at nine. I said, oh my God, thank God you're an angel. So sorry, I'm still like a little bit, um, I haven't collapsed the right way. So I really hope that you guys are going to have a marvelous dragon year. Thanks a lot for you guys, for everybody waving their hands. Um, for all of you who are now waking up, for all of you guys who are falling asleep and those who are maybe taking siesta, I think that's the only options we have really thanks a lot and again sorry about all the confusion last time any questions or things that um, came up for you guys this week uh, that need some explanation I really do recommend getting a little bit deeper into a uh, family constellation I found it to be very very efficient and effective and I'm definitely gonna 
start exploring. I think that's my next uh, journey uh, because I've been reading a lot about epigenetics right now. It's kind of eerie how that thing is working. And Family Constellation is definitely um, the, the mechanism behind it is epigenetics, intergenerational transfer. So something that the Greek talked about in their mythology. It's something that the Bible talks about. You know, if the father is eating a lot of chocolate, his teeth are going to be rotten or something like that. So it is fascinating. And now in the readings, I tried it, I started noticing definitely some connection to the fourth house, the house of home and family, cancer, the sign of home and family, the moon, of course, and how it relates to our DNA and genetics. So thanks a lot, you guys. And thanks for reminding me that we are meeting today. And I wish you a lot of love and a lot of uh, success. And I'll see you on the other side of the world.